Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq el and you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA, and you can also subscribe to the podcast if you have not already done so. We are wherever you get yours at, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn, just to name some of those platforms, and with that same username, at Radio Islam USA. We've been coming to you from this wonderful city of Chicago, Illinois, for the past 15 years. It's hard to believe it's been that long, but that's right. 15 years we've been doing this and uh, just having some great conversations, talking to people that are in the know and uh, doing things that you want to know about. And we are happy to have joining us on the line, Associate Professor of English at Rockland Community College in Suffern, New York, Sister Shamika Mitchell. And she, or Dr. Shamika Mitchell, let's give the credit where the credit is due. She is the organizer and moderator of a panel of Muslims at a historic gathering at the upcoming 2019 San Diego International Comic Con. And we welcome her to Radio Islam. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. So, thank you for having me. Oh, it is our pleasure. It's our pleasure. So, this is a historic. Um, happening on a number of fronts. Uh, first of all, this is the 50th, uh, as we were talking offline, this is the 50th uh, San Diego San Diego Comic-Con. And, yes. And on top of that, this, whether it's the first or the first in a long time, this is a uh, definitely, I would say, historic uh, panel that's going to be taking place. And could you tell us a bit about that, what folks can uh, can expect? Okay, um, well, the panel is titled Super Salam, Muslim Nerds, Geeks, and Fans. So um, my question to you is, do you consider yourself a participant in fandom? Yes, yes. I, I, I don't, I'm not into cosplay. Okay. But, but. I I am I am I would say I'm a blurred of some of some sorts. You're a blurred? Okay. Yes. Okay. What up to all the blurs? <laughs> all the blurs. <laughs> We're out here. Right. Um so one of the things I think there are big misconceptions um and it's one that I even had um because I was doing it before there were names associated and labels associated with it, right. you know. Um and one thing is, you know, people play a variety of different video games or they follow a comic book series or they just like reading, um, you know, the comics that would be in a newspaper or used to, you know, when we had newspapers, right. Um, right. All funny pages or, you know, like Mad Magazine or um, other kinds of quirky things like that that are usually dealing with illustrations. Sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're not board games qualify um cosplay is definitely a part but cosplay is not the you know but most people associate cosplay as like the only thing that's a part of fandom yeah and cosplay is a 
part of it for some people. I usually go as a human every year. As a human? Um, when I go to cons, I'm, I'm, I'm a human. So, you know, you don't have to dress up like, you know, your favorite character or you do dress up like your favorite character. So you really um, stick out. You, you really stick out but, there. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm the human. I'm the, I'm the lone human among all these uh, different species and um, races of populations <laughs> in God's day. Um, I think the other part of it is um, card games. Hmm. Card games are part of fandom. And so um, learning about the different ways that fandom exists, mm-hmm. uh, I was definitely aware when I would go to Comic-Con how many people I would see. And I said, you know, there's like tremendous diversity in what we associate with fandom. Um, and so once I realized that that's what was happening at cons, because my perception was always, oh, it's just for people to go and dress up in costume and I don't do that. So why would I go? Mm-hmm. And then when I actually got a chance to check it out, I was like, oh, there's a lot going on here. And, you know, what they show on the news are all the people in cosplay. But a lot of things are also happening that are connected to that. So um, that's what I think draw, that drew me in. And it can be a little scary uh, because it's a venue. So what I became most interested in was some being able to understand like what's happening um, throughout Muslim communities. And I was aware of the fact that fandom is huge in um, many different Muslim, predominantly Muslim nations. Um, Saudi Arabia had their first Comic-Con a couple of years ago. Malaysia has a huge Comic-Con. Indonesia has a Comic-Con. Bahrain has a Comic-Con. Wow. One in Mali. There's one in Nigeria. Like, all of these places that people would say, like, oh, you know, all they do is pray and fast. And I'm saying, like, (laughs) no, they do that or do whatever they do. But they also are following Star Trek or you know, Aladdin or, you know, um, Sailor Moon or, you know, any of these other characters um, mm. that they're active and involved in Pokemon too. You know, it's not just for, um, you know, the, the Western world as we would say it, you know. And mm. so I say, you know, I got to see about doing something that heightens our visibility, you know, here because People think, I mean, there's a lot of demystification that has to happen, right, with the Oma. And I think the Western gaze of, like, you know, what do they do? You know, do we eat our children or something? Uh. And it's like, <laughs> you know, like, we're, we're just like, we do the same thing you do. We go to Costco or, mm. you know, we're buying gas in the same places. And, you know, and so there's a lot of this, like, demystifying. And so... I said, you know, it would be really dope if I can do a panel that centers um, folks that are behind the scenes and folks that are, you know, the consumers and the recipients and active participants in fandom. And from just my social network alone, I had met so many Muslim creatives that were just like, yeah, I do a comic and I'm working with Marvel and I'm doing this other animation. And it's like, nobody knows. So I said, I got to come up with a panel. Mm-hmm. So New York Comic Con was the first one last year. And that was October 2018. 
um, Home Data Labs. I've been applying for panels for years, I think about three, four years, and I finally got my yeses last year. So I mm. got a yes for the um, the Islam in comics, and that one was Salam um, Muslim Nerds and Geeks. And so I said, okay, let me try for San Diego. And I knew I was going to be um, participating on another panel for San Diego. So I said, well, you know, hopefully, inshallah, they'll say yes. And they said yes. So it's my first time in San Diego. I've never been to SDCC before. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, I'm going to have this panel, which is going to be fantastic, on the 50th anniversary. So I've been happy dancing a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And rightfully so. (laughs) Yeah, and then um, the panel, it's, it's, you know, it's, the panelists are going to just be, I'm just, I, I can't stop smiling thinking about who's on the panel. Um, so I recently posted on my social media flyers um, that give visibility to each individual panelist. So if people want to look them up, um, but there's, um, there's Nabi Ali. Um, who's an illustrator um, for children's books. Mm-hmm. Um, there's um, David Anthony, um, who has the Scarlet Spire comic. Um, then I have Charles 3X Alexander, who's a member of the Fruit of Islam, and he has a children's book called um, Where Our Ancestors Keepers. Um there's Huda Fahmi, who has Yes, I'm Hot in This, which is um, a comic strip series. Um, and that I think sounds the book brilliant. <laughs> and yeah, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Huda is hilarious. Um, and then there's Blair Amani, who um, is, I think she's based on the West Coast. Um, she's the author of Modern Her Story, um, identifies as queer, um, is also mixed race. Mm-hmm. And um, so I wanted an intersectional panel. Um, I, I believe in intersectional Islam. That's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so my whole thing is intersectional inclusive Islam. And so I didn't want a panel of folks that, you know, are all like one type. I said, let me try to, you know, branch out in the network and see who I can, you know, access. So people that I didn't know directly, I was introduced to. Um, and so I'm grateful, you know, to have come into contact with some of these very talented people for the love of Twitter and Instagram. Um, and so I thought, you know, if I'm going to have a panel, I want it, you know, to be right. So I was like stalking people (laughs) and, you know, I'm feeling like, are you like, you must come on my panel. You must join me. And so um, it all came together, you know, through the Muslim, uh, there's a Muslim pub, there's a Muslim writers group on um, Facebook. Mm -hmm. And so some people sent recommendations because I was at a loss. Like everyone that I knew in my immediate network was, you know, not going to San Diego. Right. So, you know, everyone's based on the East Coast as I'm, you know, a New Yorker. So trying to find people who were going to be out West, that was a unique challenge because everybody was saying, I might go. No, I'm not going. No, I'm not going. And, you know, the deadline's approaching. I have to send them a panel description. So the Internet is amazing in this way when it works well. Right. So the Muslim woman, the Muslim writers group on Facebook, somebody posted saying, hey, you know, Shamika is looking for people. And then I also had um, 
Sarah Alsegi, who's an, a brilliant artist also, um, and Sarah Alsegi on Twitter, she's got a good following. So she put the word out and it's like, anybody who's going to San Diego, Muslim creators, like get in touch with Shamika. And then um, I was doing my own stalking on Instagram. And it took about a good maybe seven to 10 days. And then I was able to get some solid leads because some people aren't online all the time or they're just taking a break. So I'm messaging people and not getting a response and trying to find other people. Um, and so I got this great group and we are going to have so much fun. Um, I'm really excited to give everybody a chance to show their work and mm-hmm. also to have audience members ask them questions. You know, um, one question I do have is just mentioning how integral uh, social media was and being able to connect everybody, yeah. right? I mean, we remember a time where, you know, when we didn't have this type of connection and creatives worked a lot of times in isolation, not really aware of that there were other folks who were writing from, if not not from the same space, but from a similar space, uh, similar Definitely. perspective, right? And now having this type of a, uh, just a, just a, a coalescing force, right? This 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 ability to reach out. Um, is this being utilized by creatives today, uh, Muslim creatives in particular, in a way where they are really connected and aware of what work is going on by other Muslims? Well, I'll say that my observation has been that the algorithms in um, Instagram mm-hmm. is if you're following or you're liking posts by one particular artist who let's say is um, a Muslim um, comics artist and like their content is also, um, you know, reflecting aspects of the Ummah, then they'll give you a list of other comics creators that are also Muslim, that also were doing Muslim content. And so I've noticed that in Instagram. On Twitter, it's a crapshoot. So, you know, there's, it's not the same in this, the way that they come up with their algorithms, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so just because you happen to be following a couple of um, Muslim artists does not mean that you're going to see the others. You'll only see the others if they're getting retweeted or something, you know. Um, so that's where it's, I appreciate Instagram, even though, I mean, I really have to stalk people. Um, because I want to make sure that the art, like just because you're a Muslim comics artist doesn't mean your stuff is good. Right. Right. So I still have to go through your content. You can't really see a portfolio on Twitter. You're going to get the characters. They may post a couple of pictures, but on Instagram, if a person has an artist account, you're going to see what is essentially a portion of, if not their entire portfolio. So there were some Muslim art, comics artists that I came into contact with who it turned out were in Malaysia or Jakarta, you know, and they're saying like, oh, you know, this sounds really cool. But unfortunately, I'm on the other side of the world. So, you know, I was at least able to say, OK, I can add you to the list of references if people want to find new artists. You know, what are people working on? You know, you've got folks in the UK who are doing really cool stuff. You know, there are folks throughout the African continent that are doing really cool stuff, but nobody knows because, you know, the algorithms get funky. So I said, you know, I want to try to create a kind of like directory 
just so people know like what countries because sometimes like you might not be able to read what the characters are saying but you can still follow a story because it's illustrated um so instagram at least allows for that kind of review um and that's what made it easier to see what some folks were working on but then you know, some of the people on the panel, you know, like they have Facebook, but they don't necessarily dive into Twitter or they do um, Twitter more than they do Instagram or vice versa. So I'm just glad that there's some kind of network that's blossoming. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that there is um, like there's a Muslim writers group on Facebook. I don't know that there's that kind of a group. I'm a member of a Muslim nerd group on Facebook but it's mostly people who are fans and not content creators. Mm. And so looking for folks who are doing content, um, the other challenge is that, and I, I will say that, you know, for folks who are not, who are doing secular work, they may have aversions to, you know, the label of, oh, you're a Muslim artist because people then will expect that their content is, also like islamically based or something and they're drawing superman for you know dc but we don't know that you know we wouldn't know um and so there's that kind of issue too with folks who are doing secular work and then folks who are doing um you know religious based work and then there are folks who are back and forth so my whole thing is everyone should just be in the network. You know, somebody who's brilliant at drawing landscapes, whether there's a minaret in the background or not, you know, we should know who they are so we can support what they're doing. Um, but for some folks, depending on their orthodoxy, they might feel like anything that's secular is bad. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they only want to see religious content in people's work or they just don't support it, which, you know, that's their choice. Um, but I want to give everybody a platform. So some of the people on our panel, you know, do more secular work and then others don't. Um, and there are a range of different orthodoxies among the panel. Um, yeah. And there are a range of different um, branches and practices of Islam, too, which I thought was important. Um, because often I find that there's a lot of homogenous representation you know, and that if you're saying like, oh, we're going to have a panel of Muslims that everyone is like, you know, Wahhabi or Salafi or something. And it's like, that's boring. It could right. be interesting, but that's really boring for me. So it's like, well, we're the folks who are Sufi. We're the folks who are Fruit of Islam and Nation of Islam and Five Percenters. So they say they're Muslim too. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, can we all like say Salam and just be chill? <laughs> so because yeah. that's who I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that way that um and my family is multi-faith so you know we all are like look you know you do what you do we love you and that's what it is you know as long as you're a good person Mm -hmm. so for me i'm like i meet muslims of different backgrounds and you know different orthodoxies and you know different orientations and so for me i'm like look i got none to love so let's talk about your new comic strip and let's have fun so when it comes to You know, I I tried to make that always like at the forefront of my being and my interactions with people Mm -hmm. is, you know, being open and accepting, you know, and, you know, I understand that people have their own like their ideologies about things, but I don't let that change who I am and what my message and agenda is, which is uh, always about trying to include instead of exclude. Right. So, 
so that's why this panel is even more groundbreaking because I think it's probably one of the few panels that actually is going to have like such diversity. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask this: when it comes to <clears throat> when it comes to the uh, I don't know maybe the expectations that uh-huh. Muslim viewers uh, and readers have, which is kind of kind of odd because you you know you alluded to the point where people wonder you know what do Muslims do right what's going on inside, and the fact is. We're going through the same daily rituals and struggles and, you know, got family and work issues and, you know, the same issues that everybody else has. So there's that there's that diversity that's present. But do you think that there's an assumption that comes from Muslims when they find out someone else is a Muslim artist, that their expectation is that there is no diversity, that the only art is going to be only creativity is going to be. Uh, can only manifest with the minaret in the background, with, you know, with the prayer rug, with dicker beads. Uh, right. You know, that that is really all just kind of an extension uh, of, of dawah. It's very direct propagation as opposed to that creativity that's diverse, you know, that, that really represents, I would say, just people in, in, in general, humanity. Um, but we kind of, you think we kind of lose sight of that as Muslims? Well, you know, I really appreciate this question because I was just having a Twitter exchange with some folks about Spider-Man, um, the most recent film. Yeah, I just saw it. And, mm-hmm. and so the commentary um, among some sisters was, I was really, you know, that they were saying that they were kind of disappointed that she's not a real hijabi and that she was only wearing it, even though she's a Muslimah. Yeah. Um, but that she's a real hijabi. And I just had to interject and say, what in the world is a real hijabi? Like, yeah, what please is do that? tell me. Please do tell me. Um, <laughs> you know, I was like, I understand that you might have your own preconceived notions. But and they said, well, you know, somebody who's practicing. I said, what does that mean? Like, what is, what mm-hmm. is if someone tells you they're Muslim? Like, what like whose business is it how they practice and what they practice? And just because somebody has their hair covered does not assume, don't assume that they're practicing or that they're orthodox or that they're good people, right? And so I think that as human beings, we kind of get caught up in the, I mean, and I'm saying this with an ableist uh, notion too, you know, that you can see, right? So mm-hmm. for folks who, you know, are visually impaired, they might have to filter through other things. But for folks, you know, who are, you know, who do have of sight, you know, um, that what you see, how you interpret what you see becomes the, either the projection and the perception. And so if you see people that look a certain way, you're automatically like, oh, you know, you draw these conclusions about them and it's not always favorable. And so I had to just interject, you know, on Twitter and said, look, like words like who's practicing or who's a real hijabi, like these are very hurtful terms mm-hmm. and it's really nobody's business what these people do you know and you know there's something to be said because i know what it's like to be in jalabia to be veiled traditionally and still have people say oh so you're muslim you pray five times a day and these are other muslims and i'm just like what is Mm. going on here (laughs) you know or do you fast for ramadan and i don't know why muslims feel compelled to like interrogate each other on how religious they are Mm-hmm. Whether they're listening to Migos or whether they're listening to, you know, some, you know, new uh, country music or new jazz, 
you know, I mean, look, how you live your life is nobody else's business. Mm -hmm. And if someone says, you know, that they don't want to associate with you because of your lifestyle, like that's their choice. And, you know, the Arabic word for me, halas, right? Like, fine. Mm -hmm. But what I'm not interested in is getting in conversations about like how Muslim you are, (laughs) because that's, that's ridiculous. Right. And so it's like, well, she's really Muslim because, you know, she puts her scarf this way. I know what it's like to have people criticize the way that I would, my hair when I when I would buy it yeah. and it's just like and these are strangers <laughs> you know like you want to police everything you know one minute it's oh you, you shave your you know you shape your eyebrows the next minute it's oh you know your scarf isn't tied the right way and it's like well live your life and leave me alone <laughs> and you know I'm not here to like be some new example of how to get you know the express path the happy afterlife right like mm-hmm. who can say what the actual formula is going to be we get a guidebook mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we have that guidebook and then you apply that guidebook in ways that fits and suits but it doesn't guarantee it really doesn't guarantee anything and i think that's what drives people crazy mm-hmm. um because you can do all that and do extras the cat it doesn't mean you're getting the task you know who knows what's going on in your heart we're all dependent upon the mercy of Allah. Absolutely. And then it's also that, you know, people do things for the wrong reasons. And so just because you want to look a certain way doesn't mean you're exactly who you are representing out in public. And you've got a lot of folks, because people are people, that have their own baggage and have their own issues and have their own shortcomings. And so it finds its way, you know, in spaces that I would rather them not be like houses of worship, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because wherever people go, their problems go. And that's just what it means to be flawed as human beings. So I try to have a lot of empathy and compassion, but I also feel like, you know, nobody got time for that. So, (laughs) you know, I'm not trying to get on a soapbox to say you need to do better. But if it comes across my path because my energy emanates i'm gonna tell you like hey you gotta keep that energy over there mm-hmm. <laughs> the energy over here is in this direction and so you know i'm the advisor to the muslim student association on my campus and Mashallah. it definitely has been um it's been a blessing because we have a range of students on campus we have students who are in the cabbie we have students who you know are um you know, they, they don't dress in a way that's conservative. And so the perception was if you're in the Muslim Student Association, you have to be like super religious and orthodox and conservative. And I was like, no, I'm the advisor. Do you, mm. do I look that way? And do I seem that way to you? And they said, no, I said, there's space for everybody in the MSA. Like what you do in your life, you know, is your business and it's judgment free. You know, we, we have queer students. And so this like the only space that they could really be like who they are as Muslims and as queer was in the MSA. And for me, I'm like, humbled a lot. You know, that's what it's supposed to be. I'm not here to lecture you on a Surah or an Ayat. Like, that, you already know you have to walk your path. I'm not a cleric. And, I, and you're not teaching that advice to me. You just, you just want a space to be who you are. And that's what I offer them. And so, you know, the MSA has had a lot of fun over the years. 
Um, and we've had some really good programs over the years. Mm-hmm. Everyone's graduating and I'm sad, but I'll be happy for the new crop of students who are coming in in the fall. Get to do it again. Um, but that's the, same, <laughs> that's the same approach that I have with anything that I do, which is if you're not making space for folks, then you've got to rethink what your agenda is. You know, and so for me with Super Salam and with Salam Fandom, that's the hashtag Salam Fandom. Okay. Um, it's making sure that people know, yeah, you know, you can like Pokemon or some aspects of Batman mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, Charlie Brown. Like, it's OK to like Boondocks. <laughs> um, and if you do like it, you know, is it a contradiction to saying that you're Muslim? I don't know. That's a, that's a theological question that people's theologies are going to have different answers. You know what, though? As an African-American, I think that these are issues that were dealt with, you know, by Du Bois. You know, you think about the double consciousness and um, of being an African-American and being a citizen. Uh, and then, you know, as different layers of identity are exposed and embraced, uh, the, that consciousness, it expands. And I think that we probably had a better take on dealing with those multiple identities uh, in a sense. Because okay. personally, I've never had any contradictions between my identity as an African-American, my identity as a Muslim. Uh, you know, it's never been an issue of because I like, you know, I grew, you know, grew up with a hip hop that that mm-hmm. somehow made me less Muslim. And I feel like for the most part, I think the African-American experience, if I can, you know, you, you know, refer to it in a, as, as a monolith, even though I know there's diversity in there, um, it really represents a lot more peace when it comes to issues like that, that I think other groups are starting to or really trying to work their way into. Definitely. Um I have, I actually, I think I gave a talk about it once upon a time, not too long ago, but um, I I remember I gave a talk about um, Black identity and hip hop. And yes, I did it. It was at a college in New Jersey, um, Gloucester County. And one of the things that I mentioned was, you know, the high presence, the high prevalence of people that were affiliated with Islam in hip hop. And that is still, you know, something that people often overlook. Um, I think that there are perceptions that internationals have about Americans in general, right? I mean, um, you know, the perception is, you know, America, they're just having sex everywhere and everyone's doing drugs and everyone's rich. Like, these are the, these are really what people think, like, outside the United States. When they think about, like, an American, right? And it's always, like, these things. And so then to say that you're American Muslim, they're just like, oh, what does that mean? They're doing drugs and having sex and partying and they're rich. And then they're also fasting for Ramadan. And so um, it's not until I actually got outside the United States. And um, I mean, I knew Muslims that were American and Muslims that were immigrant backgrounds here um, because I'm from New York City. So New York City is incredibly diverse. Yeah. And I'm pretty good at making friends. Um, but once I got outside the United States, I got a chance to see 
that the same vices that Americans are criticized of having are everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm at, like, my first stop was Dubai. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Because yeah. <laughs> if you've ever <laughs> been to Dubai, you know that it's a full of excess. Mm-hmm. It's full of excess. Um, and then, you know, I spent a good time in, I uh, spent a, a nice little break in Bahrain. Um, and Bahrain also is full of money. And then, then uh, I passed through Qatar once, um, also full of money. And then I spent, um, I visited Egypt. So, and every place I, I, I went, you know, I never felt like I didn't fit in. My outfits may have been just as fashionable as theirs because, you know, women in um Saudi women um, and Bahraini women and UAE women, you know, they're underneath their abayas, they're wearing like next year's Chanel and Valentino, like brand new mm-hmm. couture. And you, but just because you see the black robes, you know, you don't know what's going on under there. I know what's going on under there. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's like this perception of, oh, you know, they're all like so, you know, holy and they're all so devout. And it's like, then they're having a conversation about Nicki Minaj's new album. And, you're, you know, it's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that there is this sense of, you know, being distant and being different. And so there is a lot of, I perceive to be Arab worship mm-hmm. that happens. And I'm careful not to get caught up in the rhetoric of that. And just because somebody's Arab doesn't mean they're more authentically Muslim. Just because somebody is South Asian doesn't mean that they're like at the right hand of God or something. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. these perceptions about like, oh, who's a convert and who was born into it. These are all petty observances that are toxic and have no place at all in, in describing or discussing somebody's, you know, spiritual development and their their religious awareness. So I stay away from those mm-hmm. conversations because they're really pointless. Yeah. And yeah, and they're absolutely. they're more hurtful than anything and it's more ego driven. So, you know, that's why like, you know, I try to just do what I want to do and come from a pure place. So I was really happy with what happened with the panel um for New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was a great group of people, some that I met when I was the Muslim Women Leaders Program um, at Union Theological Seminary. And so um, that expanded my network a great deal. And I was always um, grateful to Dr. Jerusha Lamsey for um, making that opportunity available because it was a phenomenal program. And getting a chance to be around other Muslim women um, of different backgrounds, from different places, you know, international and domestic, um, and so that was my primary network of talking to people that I had connected with through the um, program to be on the panel. And then I reached out beyond that because I'm just always networking. Um, and so I knew what I wanted to do differently with this panel because I that's the danger, too is recycling and how do you recycle, you know, Oh, another Islam and comics panel. Is it going to be just like, you know, that was last year? Mm. No, this one's going to be very different. Um, And still there's going to be space for everybody, you know? So when we get to a space that it's not bringing any new information and it's not something that's uplifting people, then it may be time to step away, but I'm very intent on how I curate my programs. And so I knew that this was going to be something even more um, different than the previous one. So I'm excited about that. 
and I'm hoping that other people will um, be able to see all the good that comes out of these kinds of exchanges mm-hmm. because New York City, as you may know, is one of the most segregated cities in the United States, even though it's incredibly diverse. And so I've observed that you can have a range of different Muslim communities in even one city like Chicago. It doesn't mean that everybody's hanging out with each other. Right, right. <laughs> so that's why, you know, I've always been an outlier. And so I have no problem knocking on doors and sending emails and, you know, DMing people because I'm stalking them on Instagram and saying, <laughs> hey, be on my panel. And a lot of them, I feel like people feel like, you know, they they might not always get invited to the party. But, you know, I'm keen on wanting to make sure that there's a good enough representation. And, you know, people are excited. The panelists are excited. So um, it's going to be good for everyone. Well, I can't wait to hear about it. Hopefully we're able to connect afterwards because I'd love to hear not just about the experiences of uh, the panelists, but also about some of the attendees as well. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, I already asked um, San Diego um, for permission to live stream or record. I'm waiting to hear back if they're going to say yes, because they don't, they really have a, um, you know, they have their reasons for, making sure that if anyone's going to be filming or anything that they have to get clearance, you know? So, um, once I get the green light from them, I'll be able to update everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I've already been asked, you know, if I was going to be filming or live streaming and, um, until I get word from San Diego, I won't know. Okay. Um, but my intention is to at least, um, have some documentation, and that was one thing that I was most concerned about with um, New York Comic Con 2, which is why I'm, I'm even especially grateful that we were able to um, have this um, discussion today is because um, Muslim media, you know, getting the word out to Muslim media outlets just to say, hey, like this is happening. Right. Um I don't think that there is like a centralized Muslim media outlet. I'm like, okay, Al Jazeera, (laughs) like does Al Jazeera (laughs) care, (laughs) you know? Um, And so I think we, you know, um, oh yeah, the brother who is on the panel from the um, Fruit of Islam, Nation of Islam, um, I asked him, I said, please let the final call know that, you know, this is happening um, because this is a bit like, this is a big deal for everybody. Um, And so I'm hoping that the final call will, get word so that they can say, hey, one of our own is going to be on this panel, you know, because a lot of times, like I said, you know, people get left out of conversations and don't get included. And here we have a panel with somebody who's Shia, I'm Sufi, somebody else who's Sunni, somebody mm-hmm. else who's uh, Nation of Islam, you know, and then like, so I think it's great in that way that we're seeing that we can come together and have these kinds of conversations that are productive and healthy um and it's just getting media to know to say hey like this is really cool amplify them but i don't know i don't i really don't know so if you know anybody who's doing um journalism or you know wants to do a write-up you know i'm sure that the panelists would be happy um one is coming all the way from canada i think coming from toronto okay i just i just left there (laughs) okay Were you there for the NBA finals? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I I would not be so fortunate. No, no. <laughs> 
No, I missed I'm that. Gonna say, you were hanging out with Drake as he was doing his tips with the <laughs> No, I, I, I missed all of that. But uh, but this is truly this is truly uh, exciting. And do you have any social media that you want to share with the listeners, um, whether it's for the event itself or personal or? So, um, well, in terms of the event, it is July 20th, mm-hmm. Saturday at 10 a.m. Um, it is going to be at the, uh, what is it, the Marriott San Diego Marina, I think it's called. Yep. Um, and uh, let's see. The hashtag, as I said before, is Salam Fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone who hashtags it either on Instagram or on Twitter or on Facebook, you will find the most recent information about San Diego. Um, we'll see what's going to happen for New York Comic Con. I can't say anything just yet, but um, what's in front of us right now is San Diego next week, Saturday, and it should be an adventure. <laughs> I'm sure. um, other than that, my, um, my social media, my Instagram and my Twitter is mutant X factor. Um, there's a whole story associated with that. That's another interview. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other interview. Um, and my upcoming project, which is also posted, I think it's due out with Ohio State University, the Ohio State University Press um, next year. Um, it's called uh, Unstable Math. Uh, whiteness and the American superhero. I believe that's the full title. And I am one of the contributing writers to that book project. Oh, wow. Which should be a really interesting. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, we worked very hard. <laughs> I know I worked very hard and my editors are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's going to be some real groundbreaking um, comic scholarship. And um, I'm excited about that. So, so we need to have you back on a, and talk about that as well. Oh, oh, look, that is that is uh, that is going to be a phenomenal project when it's when it's on the shelves. Yeah, um, I particularly focus on um, DC and Milestone Comics. I don't know if you're familiar with Milestone Media, um, but it was with Icon who was considered at one point like the Black Superman, but that's a whole other you know, take on it. Okay. And so it was comparing and discussing Icon and the world that he's in called Dakota with Metropolis and um, Superman and what's happening in this story arc called Worlds Collide. And so I did some really, I would say after reading it, like for the 15 millionth time, um, I think I did some real interesting things in my critique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was well-received, so um, I'm excited for that project to publish next year, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah. Well, Dr. Shamika Mitchell, it has been a pleasure talking to you, and I can't wait to, uh, to hear about how the event goes. Pray all goes well. Um, I know I'm not going to be able to make it to San Diego, but... <laughs> <laughs> But if they give you a license to live stream, I will definitely be checking out the live stream. Yes, and I definitely will. Um, I will make sure everybody knows what the verdict is one way or the other. Okay, great stuff, great stuff. Great talking to you. Likewise, enjoy the rest of your 
summer and hopefully we'll get to have another conversation that follows up about what else is going on in the UMA with fandom because there's a lot going on. Yes, inshallah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, Radio Islam family, that was Associate Professor of English at Rockland Community College, uh, Dr. Shamika Mitchell. She is the organizer and the moderator for a historic panel of Muslim creatives that are going to be discussing their art and their creativity at the upcoming 2019 San Diego International Comic Con. Uh, you got all the information, so check it out, follow it, uh, look for information on that live stream, hopefully, right? Make dua. Uh, and and that's it. So uh, we thank you all for joining us for another edition of Radio Islam. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. And we remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guest are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. With that, we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.